1: Welcome to From the Rooker End, a Watford Football Club podcast brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John, with me on Sunday, the, the day after Watford went out of the FA Cup in the third round to Manchester United, it was 1-0, you might have seen it,
2: is Mike. You know, do you know what, I've woken up very relieved because I thought what a Watford thing it would be to go and win the FA Cup and no one would be there in the ground to see it, so thank <laughs> heavens we managed to extricate ourselves from this season's competition. Good morning to you, John.
1: Uh, good morning to Jason. I'll take that. Good morning. Yeah, we're, we're, that, I think that's where we're going to go with this game in many ways. Do we care about it? Of course. How much do we care about it? Let's let's see. Let I suppose it was never going to be, Mike, you know, be able to look at it in terms of the wider picture of this season because we made some changes, not as many as normal. Manchester United made a lot of changes. And again, they're a different team than we normally playing week in, week out. And of course, it's still very early on in Cisco's reign here as the head coach of Watford Football Club. For you though, a worthy game, a good game, a positive game to sort of come out of it overall?
2: It was a really difficult one. I couldn't, as the day wore on yesterday, I always look forward to to Watford games. Whatever fixture it is, I, I always get excited about it and I always want Watford to win. And on the flip side, I've always been exceptionally critical of people who don't take the FA Cup Seriously, it's really sort of rankled with me over the years when uh, teams have announced or, or played lesser teams or rested their their big players. It really, really bugged me because I love the FA Cup. Um, but yeah, I couldn't quite work out how yesterday was. I was slightly fearful, I think, that Watford were going to get a sort of morale sapping defeat against Man United, who have, who have hit a, a rich vein of form. Um, slightly worried that we, you know, we lose that sort of uh, week in, week out of the of the championship. But did would that actually work in our favour? Allow a few players to come back um, and and get a bit of game time in their legs. So I think what I settled on was the fact that we were underdogs again. We had nothing to lose, uh, and we could go there and 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 hopefully give it a, a decent shot. And I think after a reasonable start, we we did just that. So I think going through and it goes back to what I was saying about. Um, about being critical of people who don't take the cup seriously, I think probably going through might have been something that we could do without this year. It's a weird old season we're really struggling to get settled, so perhaps those those extra games where at the moment it's Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday Wednesday, pretty much relentlessly isn't it? So I've turned into that person I really don't like and said not not a bad outcome, I don't think reasonable ish performance and we and we and we don't have to worry about those extra games, so disappointed to be out but also, I can uh, I, I can deal with it, if that makes sense.
1: We'll let you off for one year for being <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Just, just this once. Uh, Jason, though, it, it was a game which felt for me, you know, we, we went behind after five minutes. Um, it seemed to be that Man United and their younger players, even though they're not particularly young, they're young in our minds and maybe looking, but they're, they're all well into their 20s now. And they scored after five minutes. It, it seemed a little bit, was it, would you reckon it was a nervous
3: Watford as well? Yeah, definitely. That for the first sort of fifteen minutes, I thought we looked scared of Manchester United. Um, in particular, Daniel James. Now he was a, a player I certainly worried about with his pace running at us, and that's exactly what he did uh, in the first fifteen. Um, in fact, he probably could fit into the uh, the Watford side quite well because his final ball his shooting wasn't always that um, <laughs> which, which we were which we were so we, we were probably a bit lucky on that front really, that he, he sort of yeah teared into us and then didn't quite give united the final product and that's probably why he's not Always in and around the first team, but he was he was definitely a threat for the first fifteen, and we really sort of struggled to to deal with it. And then the, the, the set pieces as well. And, it, and I know it sounds sort of a common theme. We we struggled with set pieces in the past. We didn't cope well. They were doing this thing, and it and it almost felt it felt like a, a sort of Graham Taylor thing to do, where United were lining two or three players up on the edge of the box, sort of one behind the other, and then they'd make their runs. And we were struggling to track those. And that's certainly how the um, the first goal came about. I think Truexy Kong probably. He won't be too happy with sort of how he how he dealt with that for the for the first goal, and a little bit unlucky as well. I mean, Matonmo did well to get his head to the ball, and it sort of bounced down. It's ended up going right in the corner. I can't believe it. even as a high standard professional footballer, you know exactly where that ball's going to go when you head it down into the ground like that. Um, he, he he couldn't have placed it better if he if he was sort of standing a yard out and thrown it into the uh, into the goal. <laughs> So, um, which incidentally probably... is the only
2: way we're going to score.
3: <laughs> so we were probably a little bit unfortunate in that aspect of the goal, but it was certainly, I it's certainly what United deserved to to be at least one nil up after those first fifteen minutes.
1: Let, let, let's talk about what you just commented on there, Michael. Um, <laughs> you know, let, let, look at the, 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 you know, the different positions in in this squad because, again, as as a unit, I was not expecting them necessarily to play. Uh, together, because there were many changes, there were lots of new players. You know, there was Pedro coming back. There was Zinchenko with his debut. Will Hughes was back for his first ninety minutes. Uh, it, and, you know, Martin Navarro uh, at, at right back. But you know, there were lots of new players, not as a unit necessarily at this point. But up front, it was it was a two up front. You know, Andre Gray, who we've talked about a bit lately, uh, and and the turn of Pedro. But up with them on on the flanks. On the left, Zinkenagel with his debut. And and, and he's trying to bizarre. Let's start with Czar. You know, his it took him a long time to get into that game, but he did get into it in the end.
2: Yeah, I was a bit critical with that, my throwaway comment there. I think before we do say that, I, do, I think it is worth saying that Watford did really well to come back into the game. What, you know, they did have a really difficult start going 1-0 down away at Old Trafford. I know it's a different Old Trafford that, that we've grown up with, but going 1-0 down against Premier League opposition, when no doubt the plan would have been to keep it tight and, and try and grow into the game. Because as you say, John, it's a lot of players in getting used to each other. And, you know, I think there would have been a lot of Watford supporters whose shoulders, there would have been a big exhale of breath on the five-minute mark across sort of Hertfordshire and the surrounding areas as Watford conceded. Oh, here we go again. But they actually fought their way back into the game and, and, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, I wonder whether the fact it's a Premier League side um, playing Premier League way made it easier for Watford to do that, a bit more space, a bit less sort of hasem some a a bit less intensity perhaps played into Watford's hands and allowed them to come back into it. But nevertheless, they did and turned on a, a reasonable performance. But on the flip side of that, you wouldn't expect me to be positive for too long, I know. I thought we did look, we struggled up front and Ishmael Assar. I don't know guys, I'm starting to worry, I'm starting to panic a little bit because there's a couple of times where he had the freedom of of Old Trafford down the right hand side, we weren't doing anything particularly clever, we were just getting the ball in behind, down the right hand side, he was doing what we know he can do which was race onto it, burning the defender, leaving him for, for dead pretty much and then sort of not knowing what to do with it. Was it there was a couple of times where it looked like he could angle in and, and take a shot, but he tried to get the ball back across uh, he tried to get crosses in and they they were cut out now i can 't remember who, I think it might have been Geordie on the whatsapp group that made the point is is the fact that strikers aren 't able to keep up with him and get into positions quick enough to make um uh, to make the best use of his space uh, his pace, sorry, is that causing issue and I think that that could be something, but I think for me every time he gets into a good position he doesn't know. He doesn't look like he knows what he's going to do with it and it invariably ends in, in disappointment. And I don't know whether that's because he, the team around him aren't sort of playing to his strengths or whether he's just lacking in confidence or whether he's just lacking in the know-how to, to know what to do. But it just seems such a waste. That, you know, it was more than once he, he comfortably um, went past the defender, found himself in decent positions and just seemed to... Well, the, nothing came of it, did it? And... I just, it's a worry. Ismail Assar is a a worry for me at the moment.
1: The one who isn't a worry, well, you can't really have a worry after one game of football, Jason, uh, is is the Zinkmeister. Element 30, as I like to call him. (laughs) Philip made his his debut. Again, once Watford in the game, he's starting to show what he is going to offer this team. He was out on the the left. Uh, We know he can sort of play a a slightly wider scope of uh, attacking positions. For a debut at a... You know, even though it's an empty Old Trafford, it is still a big, huge stadium, which he's not used to playing in Norway. It was a, a great first appearance to him.
3: It was, absolutely. And we should enjoy it while we can, because after a few games of wearing a Watford shirt, I'm sure we'll knock that out.
2: Of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. welcome to <laughs> oh. the show, Jason Parking. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, I, that, I, I jest, of course, I hope. Um, I, yeah, there was, a, there was a moment in the first five minutes, I think the score might have even been nil-nil when we... We sort of saw his first evidence of what he's capable of, where I think someone had tried to back heel the ball into him to to win a throw on it sort of bounced off his chest he's then sort of got the ball, hooked the ball back from the uh from the touchline and then shown a couple of nifty touches to yeah. to get out of trouble and then went on a run and if, and and that made me sit up and I was like, "Oh, hello, this is good. we've got something here um and yeah, and it was all tidy it it was it, flashes of ability as Mike has said in the attacking department we are we are struggling a bit and we're going to need the players around him I think to make the most of his abilities but it was it was a good promising start like you say John, it's Old Trafford it's a Premier League team he's up against Mike's talked about Sar, and I think I, for me that's a lack of confidence where he's sort of, yeah, using his pace, getting onto balls and then hesitating and not sure what to do with it. That's all about confidence. I thought we saw the opposite from Zinkanagel. I thought he looked confident. He looked part of the team as well. It looks like he's settled well. It is only one game, so let's see what he's like when he's up against the likes of Huddersfield and Barnsley and, and those guys, When uh, when perhaps teams will be set up more defensively um, and he's got to do a lot more work th- to try and fashion things um, but it was a, a promising start
1: yeah, my, Adam wrote an article about him uh, got to speak to his uh, old flatmate and our old striking uh, partner uh, up in Norway and you can read that article on theathletic.com if you haven't uh, subscribed of course athletic.com forward slash from Korean but it, yeah, that article showed me a player that is hungry for, for success able to mentally take all these things on um, because he's in the right headspace, and that can only feel good going forward uh, and sort of adapting himself to to this Watford team and the Championship.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm not a professional footballer, by the way. because I don't want journalists speaking to my ex flatmates. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't think, but I don't, oh God, think, I don't want either. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think perhaps that uh, Zinchenko was the only one hungry for success. Come on, Isaac, your time is now. <laughs> um but yeah, what I really loved about him, and I think that, that came through yesterday, that hunger, and I think is perhaps something that we we might be missing a little bit. There's a lot of players who have been in and around the club for a little while and are very comfortable. Um, and I think what I, what I really liked about him, and, and I think Jason summed it up perfectly with that little passage of play that he spoke about, was that he's looking to dictate things. He's looking to um, up the pace. He's looking to make something happen. Just having the ball isn't enough. He, he There's a couple of balls. He really sort of played a, a nice little you know he's looking for angles he's looking to move the ball forward he's looking to make things things happen and i think one of the words i've used uh frequently throughout the the podcast is 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 dynamism we we we're just not dynamic enough when we have the ball and he looked straight away like someone who um could could make things happen so yeah, I was really excited by by how he looked, and yeah, that that hunger, that positivity, is something that he is going to need to maintain. And hopefully, I think he'll be able to bring other. I think he'll be able to bring the other players into it, and they need to feed off that. I think, you know, you, you talked about John, and I think you're right. It's different doing it against Manchester United. You know, the stage is different, the atmosphere is different, regardless of of the supporters, as you rightly said. You know, you're playing against different players, and you do probably give an extra five ten percent when you know you're up against, you know, one of the most famous clubs in the world but I don't from what I saw you'd hope that he, he plays that style whether it's Huddersfield um, or or whoever or Real Madrid or whatever because it's just the player he is and I'm really excited to see what he can what he can bring to the team because we just need that spark we spoke about lacking it and I think we've been missing it all season and we, we've spoken about Ivic and, and how his style of play was a bit suffocating and and, and turgid and I think that's fair but the players didn't really help themselves either did they they didn't there was never really much spark and I just thought you know there were only glimpses but he just looked to make things happen and I think that's where we're at I think that could make such a big difference and we're putting a lot on his shoulders already and you know I'm getting a bit overexcited after over what was effectively uh what was it how long did he play for an hour uh, against Man United but we need a catalyst we need someone needs to light like the blue touch paper or the yellow touch paper whichever or the white touch paper if that's the uh, if we're away from home you know what i mean we need a spark and and the, the signs from, from Zinconagel yesterday were positive. I like the fact that he tries to dictate the pace and that's what Watford as a team should be doing now for the rest of the season, starting uh, on Saturday against Huddersfield.
1: I don't think we need to discuss this, but I think I'm just going to put a, a marker out there. You know, we've talked about Andre quite a lot. We've talked about Troy quite a lot, about the, you know, the, the, the two forward players and, and who they should be. Uh, and, and last two players we've talked about, both Saar and, and Zinconagel, the fact that they are creating, just need to finish it off. Is it them needing to finish it off, or is it the fact that we don't have anyone with them, either because they're not quick enough, or the fact that they're just not quite the type of players that they need to go with? Pedro came back. Andre had a normal Andre Gray game. Uh, Troy wasn't even on the bench, and neither was Perica. That's the biggest question. Oh, and of course, as you said, Mike, is successes in, the, in that mix. It is still the worry, though. It is still the massive worry, isn't it, Mike, about this... Let's create stuff, but we're not going to be able to get it in the the net.
2: Yeah, I mean, I actually find it quite difficult to focus on the game, such as the lack of... of, of... Watford get the ball in in dangerous areas a lot, and 99% of the time they don't do anything with it. They, they the, the attacking, to say they've got zero attacking threat is incorrect because we've already spoken about Ishmael Assar getting in behind, and you know you've mentioned set pieces as well, which are, you know, let's not. I don't want to be critical all the time. I really don't. But set pieces are relentlessly dreadful, and you know Jason spoke about how Man United were asking questions with their. You know they scored from a corner. They were doing things with their free kicks. When we get a corner or a free kick. Our first thought is like, right, I hope the defenders are switched on because the ball's coming back straight away. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not being throw away in that comment. I was still, it, we waste it. We waste our opportunities. So there are more than, there are more than the strikers need to be better. I thought Andre Gray was actually quite tidy yesterday. I thought he played, you know, OK. And, you know, Pedro coming back from from injury was, was all right as well. He got a, a decent shot off that went over the bar. And it, it, he's obviously going to be a, a tidy player. I think that the, the, what we need to do is link all this lot, lot together. And you, we've all alluded to it in different ways already on, the, on, on, the, on this podcast. we sort of said, how do we, how do we exploit SAR's pace? How can, you know, Jason's asked, how can, you know, can people link up with Zinkenagel and make the most of his, um, his abilities? How do we get Andre Gray into the game? How do we get Zhao Pedro into the game? We haven't managed to sort of unlock the talent of all these, these guys. It's, it's a problem. I think going forward, Going forward in itself isn't, isn't an issue because, you know, we've got Ken Semmer who can play, play well as well. And, you know, we've got, you know, Kiko can, can ask questions when, when he plays. It's just we look good going forward without ever looking like we're going to score. And that is a massive, massive, massive problem. And I don't think we should we should criticise Andre Gray too much for yesterday because what, you know the, the chances didn't really come his way. He was neat and tidy. He, his control and hold up was was better than it has been in, in previous weeks, which isn't necessarily saying much because uh, yeah, I'm just the Hoover's next to me, and I think if I played a part into the Hoover, it might have better control than uh, than Andre Gray in and <laughs> recent. Um, uh, oh. In recent weeks, can I just ask—is that with it turned on or with it turned off?
3: <laughs>
2: Either or, Jace, To be, to okay. be perfectly frank, nozzle oh. extended or, uh, or 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 not. But yeah, I just think it's it's a massive problem. And someone made the point um, in the WhatsApp group. Called, uh, I think it was Colin. He used the phrase "mobile striker," and I think that for me is 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 what we're missing. Someone who is bending their runs, someone who is busting the gut to get into the right situation, someone who is able to touch and go, uh, wiggle his way, roll a a defender and take a touch and shoot. It doesn't happen, does it, at all. We're, We're in the penalty box. We are such a limited threat. It's... It's obscene, really, for a for a football club that is is trying to to get back into the Premier League, and you know you'd say mobile striker as well. ja Pedro is 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 mobile, is young and, and nimble and and quick and strong as we've seen, and and Andre Gray to to a degree, Isaac's success perhaps, but you know that little sort of someone who can hold the ball, decent control, and get their shot off, turn and shoot, or or beat a man and shoot. It just doesn't seem to happen and it's it's a problem we we have to address and i've stuck up for for the club in 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 saying that the January transfer window is notoriously difficult to to make um impactful signings specifically in the number nine role because that's you know it's the golden bullet isn't it everyone is after a striker that can score goals but it is now glaringly obvious that we need we need a we need fresh blood in, in the strikings in the striking um Role, Parizza has shown glimpses, but he's hardly played. You know, got suspended. Then there's been injuries, um, and he's not is he that mobile striker we'd be looking for? I don't I don't think he is. So, if we're to make the most of the the, the, the squad we have. I think we need fresh blood in, in, in the number nine situation. I can hear people listening saying, oh, yeah, nice uh, one, Sherlock. Yeah, yeah well, well spotted. But I, the reason I say it is because I know how difficult it is and it, you can't just find – but we're going to have to gamble and find something. You know, there's uh, – Vidro is warming the bench at, at, at Burnley. Uh, there's people like Dwight Gale. Um, or do we take a gamble on, on someone else, a, a youngster? Or do we throw – or do we look within? You know, Sam Dalby was on, on the bench yesterday. Do you say, right, Let's let's look at him? we need something because as it stands we could play forever and it just doesn't feel like we we're going to score
1: jace you know, the the one oh, fresh blood he's 25 uh, will Hughes, uh, back in the squad though uh, fresh for this season and and started his first game was there enough in terms of the midfield um to sort of show lacking of a you know no more capoo and and what what we got you know the fact that chalabar and Hughes, is that that make you feel a bit better
3: Yeah, I think so. Obviously, there's a concern with Chalabar. He felt his hamstring towards the end of the game. We've got to hope that he's not out for too long, or if at all. But they could be. They can be nasty injuries. Those ones. So we'll have to wait and see on that. It's interesting, isn't it? That midfield. I I worry about the midfield. The way we play. If we're going to play sort of more attacking football, we've got a a two-man midfield. There's a risk that that could get exposed, and that sort certainly looked the way in that first 15 minutes. However, as a as a midfield pairing, I I sort of I'm trying to understand what that actually means in the context of the way Cisco seems to want to play, because we don't really play through the middle of that midfield, do we? We we kind of get it wide or or play it long early, and the the midfielder sort of if they're involved, maybe they're used as a as a simple out ball, uh, where the defenders have got nowhere else to go, or if the player's wide have got nothing up the line, so they'll look inside for, for Hughes or Chalabar. But then they seem to... They then seem to sort of release the ball quite quickly, the back to where it's come from, or there they're making the the long ball or the ball out wide. And they don't... I've not sort of seen anyone in these sort of first three games sort of play football as a pairing. So I think it's going to be about the off-the-ball movement, the understanding of, OK... Are you going to push forward? Or am I going to sit back a bit? Or no, I can see you've gone. So, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I think it's going to take a, a few games to work out. But I think yesterday I, I was more than happy with it. Both players did jobs defensively. Both players got forward when they needed to. Chalabar had a couple of pot shots from the edge of the box uh, and I think you commented, John, that he seems to have lost his touch from when he was 18 and banging them in off the bar at Leicester. It's there. I like the fact that Hughes is back. I think he did well for his first game back. Perhaps not quite the energy that we we seen from him before, but I wouldn't expect that in your sort of first 90 minutes back after a long, long layoff. Um, but I think we will get that from him. I think, and I hope that he'll be in the team to stay. And also what was key for me was at the end when Chalabud did go off injured, Hughes was given the captain's armband. And he's definitely a player I want to see. I hope we can keep on to him. And I would love to see him as a future captain of Watford.
1: But that defence, Mike, was, uh, was you know, we talked about the mistake for the, for the goal and, uh, and the set piece, but it, it was great for the rest of the game and, and, and some more shining stars, particularly Sierra Alta.
2: Yeah, I thought Sierra Alta was was terrific again. I think he's he stepped straight into the team. We were worried, weren't he came in uh, came into the game against Brentford. I think was the first game he started yeah. um, alongside Ben Wilmot, and we, we were all a little bit concerned against uh, Brentford with with Tony being a, a threat up top. And he hasn't looked back, has he? He hasn't he hasn't put a foot wrong. Cue him uh, making an absolute howler on Saturday against <laughs> Huddersfield. But I, I think he's he's looked consummate, hasn't he? He's looked absolutely. He's looked he's, he's brilliant. Um, absolutely thrilled with him and I think apart from his his error yesterday, True as has, has looked, he could call it an error, is probably a bit stiff but, you know, he let his marker go but as a central defensive pairing, I thought they looked... They look really good. But yeah, I think you're right to highlight him because he's he's come in later than, than everyone else. And he just hasn't looked out of place at all. I think he's looked really good. He's big. He's commanding. He's confident. Um, he's everything you want in a, in a centre back. So yeah, another great performance from him. Super stuff. And of course, Jason,
1: at the back. Right, right, right at the back. Uh, and another performance from uh, Bartman, which we've seen in the League Cup, where if if Ben was unfortunate to get injured, you you would have absolutely no worries with with Daniel being in goal. I think so, and and it's I think he has got to the point now where he's he's
3: put in a, a number of decent performances when asked to, that perhaps he deserves a, a run of games in the league. There, as I said earlier, there was nothing he could do about the goal um, that was right in the top corner, mm. um, and then when he was asked to make a save, the one off Juan Mata late in the first half, he he produced. It was it was a could save, made himself or, or got the angle right, um, made it difficult for Juan Mata and, and and made the save. There were a few, I think, long-range efforts that he dealt with comfortably. Um, and yeah, no errors to speak of. Talk about confidence again. I think he's another one who, despite the fact he's not being used that much and he's sort of sitting on the bench every week, is that he's not he doesn't seem to let that affect him. And he seems to be a confident goalie, which you absolutely need to be when he's called upon. And I, yeah, I just think he he deserves a run. When when we do that, I I don't know. It, it's obviously Cisco's call. Cool. Do you look towards the end of the season? Maybe I don't know what Foster's plans would be, but would, but would that be the time to make a, a transition? If that's what we're looking to do, and bring him in, and then sort of give him a, the opportunity to to make that number one shirt his own. I don't know what you guys think.
2: I think he looks great and I think his you know his, his loan spell in Scotland was, was impressive, wasn't it? The supporters there took to him very, very quickly, had a very good good season there. And and as Jason says there, I think every time he stepped in He's looked, he's looked great, and you know, regardless of the um, of the GoPro stuff, Ben Foster has made a, a couple of mistakes, hasn't he? Goalkeepers are going to, let's face it, it, it it's the it's the nature of the beast. Um, but yeah, that that does feel like perhaps you know, at the end of the season or, or before, there might be a transition. But it, it, either or, you're not going to be worried, are you, at this stage? Which is a great situation to be in, and I've been really impressed with Backman because he's had to be had to be patient, he's had to bide his time, um, and coming in into games cold without much without much game time must must be very very difficult especially in in that position where you you've got no choice but to be completely switched on from from minute one so yeah really impressed with batman
0: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu.
4: From the Rookery End, a podcast about
2: life following Watford
1: FC. It's not been a great week, Mike, for many reasons for everyone uh, in, in the country, but particularly a few Watford fans who we had to say goodbye to.
2: Yeah, some some desperately sad news at at the start of this week, which I think serves to bring everything into context and serves to bring home just how important and big and hopefully comforting the the Watford family is can be. We, we got news sadly at the, at the start of this week, firstly that many of you will know Pete Fincham, he was on the, the recent podcast talking about the uh, that incredible night at uh, St Andrews, He'd, uh, Pete was so articulate and, and eloquent talking about that incredible night and what you won't have known um, listening to that is that, that Pete recorded that sat in Great Ormond Street Hospital where he was looking over his, his son Freddie who uh, had gone through an incredibly tough time Um, and has done for for quite a long time really Um, and Freddie recently had a an operation that that sadly didn't go to plan uh, and and was very very unwell as a result of that and sadly last weekend uh, at the age of 14 Freddie Freddie passed away. Pete was kind enough to 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 let us know uh, and to let us know that 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 he listened to the podcast with with him and uh, he always enjoyed it so desperately, desperately sad news, and obviously the, the thoughts of of all of us are, are, are with Pete and his family and his friends, just heartbreaking news. And then someone that that I know through through sitting in the rookery, um, and then Jason knows through work. Uh, Dave Mullins, his his dad. Jim sadly sadly passed away at the start of the week as well. Again, a, an ardent listener to, to the podcast, which was great to hear. But, you know, I sat sat close to, to those guys for, for ages in the rookery and, and Jim was always on his feet screaming and shouting at Watford, a, a passionate, passionate Watford supporter um, there at every game. You'd see him at, at away games as well. So desperately sad news that 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 people you know close to us in in different ways have have lost loved ones at different ends of the spectrum, but it doesn't make any difference at all, does it? And it's just so sad and so you know humbling to hear that that people listen to the podcast and that people feel they're able to to talk about the podcast in these times. I think is incredible, but I think it speaks to the wider situation and the, the comfort that being part of a you know people say football family a lot and it can sound a bit glib and a bit meaningless but i think in in times like this and and these aren't the only people that have lost people recently of course but in times like this i think it really it really means something that 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 people can find comfort knowing that there's people with a shared passion that care and and and, and love and can provide support and and some words of of comfort in these these desperate times Football is just a game, but it, it's also so much more than that. It provides us with with a massive sort of network of, of support. And I think it's important to remember that when we get agitated by a mistake on the pitch or, or an own goal or when a result doesn't go our way. There is huge things happening in the world and there is huge things happening in people's lives that that, that we know and we, we've heard about this week. So our thoughts are very much with, with Pete and his family and all his loved ones and our thoughts are with dave and his family and all his loved ones at this at this desperate time know that we're thinking of you know that the, the watford family is is thinking of you and hopefully that that is able to bring you a very very small piece of comfort and i think it's important that that we all take stock when we hear news like this and to be grateful for what we have grateful for Watford grateful for for, for sport grateful for, for the passion that we have um, and just take a minute and and realize what's important in this life and and if you can when you listen to this just just spare a thought for Pete spare a thought for for Dave and his family raise a glass of something um, if you've got family nearby give them a little squeeze and a hug got warm thoughts to to think do that it's important we we do that so all the best to Pete, all the best to, to Dave and family. We're with you. Come on your horns. And, and, and to sort of try and, and lift things slightly, to have a, a positive thing
1: that we know the, the podcast was uh, for for Jim especially, uh, we thought we'd do what we've done every FA Cup for the last few years. And I know that it's it's a bit of suffering for Mike and Jason. But let's do another, I know I promised I wasn't going to, but I am, FA Cup Quiz. <laughs> It's a straightforward quiz. The one who gets most points wins. Question number one. Jason, to go first. Since 2000, that's the year 2000, how many times have Watford not made it past the third round? Oh, crikey. Uh,
3: Nearest wins. Okay, I'm going to say six.
1: Okay, now,
2: Mike, Jason
1: said six. Can you straight away think more than six or less than six? No,
2: well, I was going to say five, straight away.
1: Straight with five? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, after yesterday, it's 11.
2: Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Terrible.
1: Yeah, uh, but most of that is to do with the very, very start of uh, of this uh, millennia. Uh, 2001, 2002, 2003, we caught it quite well and uh, got to the... Uh, semi-final but then 2004 and 2005 and 2006 we didn't get past the third round and it was a long time ago so point to jason um even though you were quite way off uh question (laughs) number two what was the total attendance of the 2018-2019 fa cup run to the final? Out of all the games we played, what was the total attendance? Mike
2: first this time. Right, so, I'm just working backwards. Right, bear with me. Does that include the final? Yeah, yeah.
1: 239,000.
3: 239,000. 239, okay, Jason. Mm, I'm going to say lower... Yeah, I'm going to say lower we had Woking, didn't we, in the third round. I'm not sure how many would have gone to Newcastle, how interested they would have been in the Cup. Their manager certainly wasn't at the time. And QPR isn't a massive ground, so I'm going to say lower.
1: 238,999. <laughs> <laughs> you are both much nearer than the, the two... People I tested this out on. The actual answer is two hundred and twenty-three thousand four hundred ninety-seven. Because oh. because Jason absolutely right, just under six thousand uh, at Woking, thirty-four thousand uh, at Newcastle, QPR seventeen. Crystal Palace, even though it was at Vicarage Road, was only eighteen thousand. Of course, oh, when we didn't give them the full <laughs> yeah, course, yeah. Road yeah. name. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, and then eighteen eighty-five thousand in the semi-final and the final. So yeah, two nil to Jason. Question number three. What was the goal difference in that FA Cup run between 2018-2019? What was the goal difference for Watford? Jason, to go first on this one. I'm trying
3: to think what the scores were. Uh, Were we... Plus one?
1: You think plus one. Okay.
2: Mike. So, Mike, I've given this absolutely no thought at all. I'm going to go with zero. Uh,
1: The... Nearest was Jason. So Jason, you're absolutely correct. Uh, plus one uh in those games. It's Woking Newcastle, QPR Palace, Wolves, and Man City. But you're behind, Mike. But actually, mm. if you win this next round, it'll be all square. Oh, Three points no. are available. <laughs> now we're gonna hand over to the From the Recruit crew, uh, two members of the From the Recruiting crew, Geordie and DCW. They played a game of who am I? The classic parlour game where you may write a name on a post-it note, stick it on someone else's head and they have to ask questions and guess who that person is. They of course have a former Watford player on their post-it note, virtual post-it note that they stuck on each of forehead when they did this the other night. They can only ask yes and no questions and the one who asked the least number of questions will win you the three points. So Mike, would you like to take Geordie or would you like to take DCW?
2: I will take Mr. Geordie Connor,
1: And that means, Jason, by default, we have DCW.
3: I'm more than happy with DCW. I can't believe you've dismissed him so quickly, Michael. It's a, a disgrace.
4: No offence to Geordie, of course. Come on, JC. Let's, Let's go,
1: see man. how they did.
4: Geordie, you are going to try and guess who you are first. So I know the player that is on this yellow post-it note on your head. Who do you think it is? Take it away.
5: Okay, I've not really done myself any favours here by thinking about how I'm best going to narrow down from the hundreds of players who have turned out in, in yellow.
4: Thousands. I I was going to
5: say yellow or blue, knowing John, he's probably given me one from like when they played in that kind of (laughs) rainbow kit that you see on these kind of retro kits. Okay, am I a player who played under Graham Taylor? No. Am I a player who was brought in by the Pozzos? No. Did I play in the 21st century?
4: Yes, I had to think about which century was which there. Yeah,
5: (laughs) so it's between 2000 and the Pozzos coming in. Ah, okay.
4: Am I British? Uh, Well, it's a slightly tricky one for me to answer, which I suppose is giving you a sizeable clue, but uh, yes, you, you are British.
5: <laughs> That's <laughs> sort of giving me a clue, but also throwing me a little bit. I've got some names coming in my head. Am I Irish? No. Okay, I wanted to make sure it was one of these kind of uh, Anglo-Irish players. Mm, goodness me. Am I a midfielder? Another good question, really. Uh No. No, not a midfielder. Am I a defender? No. (laughs) Am I a striker? Yeah. A British attacker from the 2000s?
4: Oh my goodness, we
5: didn't.
4: Did I come through the Academy? No, not an Academy product. I've answered every question, honestly, so far, but I do fear I may have sent you potentially down the wrong route. But keep going. All will become clear. Oh no! <laughs> few, kind more of... than more than one of them actually. <laughs> oh right. Sometimes there's more than one yeses, more than one knows.
5: See, I'm thinking like when you say that, I'm thinking like someone like Tommy Mooney who can play at the back and up front. It's not him, is it?
4: I can't answer any questions that don't have a yes or no. Is it? Is it Tommy answer. Mooney? Answer. It's not Tommy Mooney. I don't okay. know whether we are. I don't. I, I don't know whether we should perhaps introduce a limit on guesses you've guessed Tommy Mooney and it's not Tommy Mooney but I think you need to be relatively certain if you're going to have a guess let's say you have three guesses okay you've got two guesses left
5: hmm British striker from the 2000s who may not be British and may not be a striker (laughs) (laughs) that's basically
2: the long
4: and short of it yeah Yeah. depends which way you look at it is
5: it somebody you would recognise yeah, if you saw him in the street, would you go, "Oh my God, it's"? Or would you? Well, I would like to think him you'd
4: recognise every player, Geordie, if you saw them on the well, street. On. But I, th- I, I back you. That if you were walking down the street and this bloke was coming towards you, you'd you'd look twice and think, "Oh, yeah, that's that's so and so, isn't it?" Am I Jamaican? Uh, yes, sort of. Okay. So it's the <laughs> so it's
5: Anglo-Jamaican attacking, versatile attacking player from the two thousands.
4: I mean, the listeners surely have got to be screaming at their phones. Yeah, now. I'm
5: wondering, am I Joby Mack Is that a guess? Yes, yeah, a guess.
4: That's a guess. You are not Joby Mack Oh
5: dear me! sure people are screaming, and I'm sure I'll go. <laughs> oh my god! This is one is. Um, so the other, the only other one I can think is am I Marcus Gale?
4: Is that your final answer? Your yeah. final guess? Yeah. You are, indeed, Marcus Gale.
5: Before I said Mooney, I was going to say Gale. But when you said he was British, that's well,
4: what I mean, made me think. Oh, yeah. That's why I went
5: Mooney instead of Marcus Gale.
4: Born in Hammersmith. Very much uh, English-born, but obviously, of course, did represent Jamaica at yeah, international level. Yeah,
5: um,
4: that's what Jamaica.
5: Me out. And then J.B. McAnuff, because you would said attacker,
4: but... Well, that's the thing with Gale, right? Gail was a striker for most of his career, but obviously had those those that amazing season for us at centre back where he was player of the season under Lewington. Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. No, he's a great player for us. Was it with my right and believing he was a bit of a not a boo boy, but one of that a scapegoat a little bit. And then he got moved back and suddenly he turned into like Beckenbauer almost.
4: As, that's that's a, pretty much how I recall it. He was obviously one of the Viali signings, wasn't he? We signed him from Rangers. He'd been yeah. at Wimbledon before that. We signed him for a, nine hundred and fifty grand I think from Rangers and he didn't do anything did he under that, under Viali really in that season. He's played on the left wing I think a bit under Viali and then Lewington moved him back and he was he was amazing. Absolutely Rolls Royce of a defender at the back.
5: Yeah. And left footed as well, wasn't he? So yeah. always an advantage to have a a good commanding left footed defender. He um, said wistfully, wondering if Marcus <laughs> Gale still has a pair of boots. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come back.
5: So Mike Geordie, they're representing
1: scored, asked, let's say, 13 questions. So DCW has to do it in less than 13, Jason. Um, Come on, DCW. Do think,
3: what
2: do you think of that
1: performance then, Mike?
2: Well, I think DCW was intentionally trying to muddy the waters, wasn't he? He was saying, oh, yeah, I've been very honest. Oh, well, you know, well, who are you? Donald Trump. Of course you <laughs> should be honest. You we know, just want your truth Mr. Cameron Walker. He helped him by saying that. Oh, did he really?
3: He could have just—he could have just answered the questions. He answered the questions perfectly correctly. He's
2: pl- planting seeds of, of doubt from minute one. Let's just see if Geordie is as uh,
1: uh, clean-cut as you think he's going to be <laughs> in, the, in the next round. Jason oh, DCW is representing your good self, uh, and he has to guess the player that is on his forehead. The player who he has to guess because this has been pre-recorded. I can tell now was Stephen Glass. So let's see how quickly DCW can get Stephen Glass.
4: I'm glad I've gone uh, that you went first because now you've kind of shown me the, the way to get it started. Um, so okay. my first question will be, have I play, played under the Potsos? No. Did I play for Watford under Graham Taylor?
5: No, didn't play under GT either.
4: Okay, right. Let's mix it up a little bit. Am I... Uh... Am I an Academy product? No. To take your lead, I'm afraid, I'm going to have to copy you. Have I played for Watford in the 21st century? You have. Between the, the two Italians, between Vialli and then Stops before the Pozzos. So, go on then. Did I play under Vialli? Yes. You had to think about it, though. You weren't sure. Uh... Yeah,
5: you did. You played under Luca.
4: Not an Academy product. So, signing. Didn't play under Graham Taylor. So, did I... Stay at the club after Viali? Yes. Did I play under AD Boothroyd? No. So I'm very much uh, assuming this player is a Lewington era stalwart. Right, so I did play under Viali, but the, the pause when, you, when you, you had to check, I saw you looking at the, the Wikipedia page when I asked if you played under Viali. So it makes me think I didn't play that much under Viali. Maybe I was brought to the club and then stayed. So there is one man that I Thinking of who I think I might be, but I'm going to try and narrow it down. Am I a former Watford captain?
5: I'm going to say no.
4: Okay, okay, that's disappointing. That is big, that's a big dent in who I was going for. I'm just going to double check though, just in case you've got your data wrong. This is quite a specific question (laughs) Did I come to the club with dreadlocks and leave the club bald?
2: No. Okay. Oh, I, trying to, I know exactly who you're thinking
4: there. <laughs> I'm not Gavin Marne then. <laughs> Is that a guess? That's not a guess because I've, <laughs> I've eliminated through my clever questioning, Jordy. Um, <laughs> I need to actually think about this now. Cause I thought I had it. So, uh, Am I British? Yes. Did I first come to the club on loan? No. Okay. I should be writing down my questions really. I can't remember what I've asked. Was I signed in the summer when Viali arrived, so before the start of that season or around the start of that season when Viali arrived. Yes. Okay. Christ, I'm trying to remember who he signed. I can only remember the all the you know, all the foreign lads. I played under Lewington. Um, but I didn't play under Boothroyd Neil Ardley was signed in the Lewington, wasn't he? In that summer, so it wasn't wouldn't be him. Okay, let's get some positions then, shall we? Um am I a striker? No. Am I a midfielder?
5: Yes. Goodness me.
4: I'm really stumped actually I will just have to go for more positions I think narrow it down am I a central midfielder no am I a winger
5: yeah I'd, I'd say I'd say winger is a fair a fair shout I wouldn't want I, mean, I could let you dwell on that kind of confusion like you did to me with your uh, multiple nationalities but I'll let you off I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you yeah, I I think wing is a fair position
4: for him fine I mean I might be dwelling a long time here I think because I've got absolutely no idea who this could be did I score no oh, I think so, did I, did I make more than 100 appearances for Watford? No. Did I make more than 50 appearances for Watford? Yes. So, there's obviously a reason why he didn't play loads of football in that time. Was I an injury-prone player?
5: I don't remember you being particularly injury-prone. I mean, I think players have injuries over the course of a few seasons,
4: but I don't recall him being like a player who we kind of were constantly without... I think I've got it actually. I think I might have just had a bolt from the blue. I'll just double check though. Did I score a memorable goal in an FA Cup quarter final from a free kick? You did. And why Stephen Glass? You're Stephen Glass. Hey! hey! Oh,
5: Stephen Glass! <laughs> i tried to slip in a clue when i said you might be brittle but i don't remember you being uh, injury prone
2: <laughs> very good but very good yeah yeah
5: well done i actually had dinner with Stephen glass did you accidentally accidentally or, um, um, unplanned dinner i
4: was gonna say how would you accidentally um, have dinner with someone a guy i used to go to
5: games with a guy a mate michael alley and i for some reason that year decided to sponsor
4: wayne brown i, I thought it might have been wayne brown at one stage
5: yeah, we both went to university in Colchester, and I think he was from that way, or he maybe played for Colchester or something, I can't remember. But...
4: Yeah, he managed them as well, I think.
5: And then we went to the um, the awards night. Alan Nilsson and Stephen Glass were sponsored by companies, and no one had turned up, so they were sat at their table looking all on their lonesome. Had a bizarre situation where someone came up and said, would you mind Alan Nilsson and Stephen Glass sitting at your table? And I was a bit like, <laughs> uh, no, you know, both you know. So it ended up almost more players than sponsors. Good old chimwag. But both, Brilliant. all three of them are nice guys. On the day, you know, you know, kind of um, attentive and good personalities. Different time for Watford.
4: Yeah, we could do with all three of those sort of players in their prime now. Really, I think big lumping, big lump at the back, decent winger and a and a great attacking midfielder. And Alan Nielsen.
5: Well, Nielsen, we could definitely do with. I mean, he's one of the best players we've had in this division. I would definitely be uh, happy to see Alan Nielsen a peak, a prime Alan Nielsen in the uh, signed in the transfer window. I mean, we just signed a Dane, didn't we?
4: Yeah, we come full circle. We can, but dream. Yeah,
5: hope hopefully more. Alan Nielsen and Lars Melvang.
4: (laughs) We're the odds. You're the odds. Come on, you
1: So, if you were counting, you might have noticed DCW asked 21 questions. So, the three points go to Mike. As we go into the fifth question, but Jason... I think it just I think DCW just got a bit lost. He didn't didn't have anything to grab hold of, did he?
3: I was gonna say there's lots of um, nice patient build up play, but he couldn't quite finish. Does that remind you <laughs> of any particular football club?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the final question is who are all the teams that have knocked Watford out of the FA Cup in the last twenty seasons? So since the year two thousand, who are all the clubs that have Knocked us out, as in the team that beat us. There is one point for each, you'll take it in turns. If you get one wrong, you are out, and the other person will get to continue to guess. So, who are the teams that knocked Watford out of the FA Cup since the year 2000? Jason, you may go first.
3: Manchester City
1: correct you know how many times uh if you include the final i think it's three is it? it is three correct mike uh, millwall correct just a once when the fourth round in 2017 uh jason chelsea yeah how many times jace Th- three times four times four 2009 times. 10 2004 when we Lost in the replay and 2015. Um, three of those, of course, in the third round. Mike. Uh, Man United. Manchester United, of course, twice now this year and, of course, in the semi final in 2007. Uh, Jason. Southampton. How many times, Jason? Twice. Yes, twice. Fourth round in 2018. Uh, and also the semi-final in 2003. Mike? Uh, Crystal Palace. The semi-final? Uh,
3: Spurs. When was that, Jason? Uh, is when Was it when Sean Murray made his debut? That's, the only, that's what did it for me. I think I think we lost to them
2: then. Fourth round? I can't remember what year. Fourth though.
1: round in 2012 under Sean Dyche.
2: Mike? I'm struggling now. Uh, okay. Brighton?
1: Yes, Brighton in fourth round. Oh,
3: damn it! That was that was the uh, that was the one I had left
1: on the side. Right, what else have we got? Seven left.
3: Okay, right. I am going to say, oh,
1: Arsenal. Right, third round in two thousand
2: and <sighs> had we've had Tottenham. Yep. Chelsea, had City, had United, had Arsenal, had Southampton. Everton? Everton.
1: Everton is a 2-1 win with a goal from Ty Mooney unfortunately did go through in the third round in 2001. It's currently five apiece. Wow.
3: I am struggling. I'm going to take a
1: punt (laughs) at Wolves In 2008, we lost 4-1 in the fourth round. Jason up to six, Mike.
2: I've just just had one come to me from nowhere. Go on then. Sheffield Wednesday. That's wrong. We didn't play. That's why it came to me from (laughs) nowhere.
3: That was that was late. That was late. uh, That was late 90s, wasn't it, Sheffield Wednesday?
2: Oh, that's what I said. Or oh, was it the League Cup? It that wasn't league, in the League Cup. Cup. Yeah, League Cup the uh, Viali. Yeah, League Cup on Viali. I'm so proud
3: of Facebook myself. <laughs> you I'm proud get. of you too, Mike.
1: <laughs> uh, the teams you did not get in the year 2000, we played Birmingham, of course, in December uh, in oh, the yeah. third round. Uh, Bolton in 2006, Fulham mm. in 2005. Mm. Uh, and the last
2: one you missed
1: was last year's team that put us out was, of course, Tram
2: here. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I no, should have got Tram here. The others I'd have struggled with. I have got my recollection yeah, yeah. of the others is, is uh, maybe that Birmingham one, but the others I can't really remember at all. But, uh... Yeah, the Birmingham one I remember.
1: It was a close run FA Cup quiz for 2020. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much to Geordie and DCW and for Mike and Jason for taking part. And the final score was eight to Mike, but nine to Jason.
4: <laughs> yes, thank you.
3: And and well played, DCW, for your sterling efforts in the victory. You were,
4: you were a good part of that. <laughs> part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is from the Rookery End.
1: Back to the league, gentlemen. And it's uh, we, we, we seem to be happy. Things are, uh, are coming into, into place, but there's still some big, heavy gaps that need to be uh, addressed. Uh, maybe internally, maybe externally. We're back with another podcast in the week with Adam Leventhal. Mike, Cisco. last night was the third game for him, but it's still a long way to go before he has really fully in planted his uh, his ways on this squad.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean, but we haven't got a long way to go, so hopefully what I would like to think is the last sort of couple of weeks will prove a little bit of a clearing of the decks. We've had a, a tough week for lots of Watford supporters following the the Swansea game. That got a lot of people's heckles up and it wasn't a great performance. We've got the distraction of of the FA Cup out of the way. I hate saying it's a distraction, but we've got nothing else to focus on now apart from the league. Uh, Zinchenko's come in and, and look good, so yeah, let's clear the decks and we keep saying it. The season really does have to start now because otherwise we're going to run out of road. Um, it's a great opportunity to, to put right a performance that, you know, we're away at Huddersfield, we were we were awful. We get a chance now to to remedy that pretty quickly. Um, I think they're a team we should be able to get at. So... We're running out of road, running out of excuses. They have to get going, but there's no reason they can't. Like you say, Schicko has bought in. You know, we do look better than we did under under Ivic. We we look a little bit more free flowing. Look like we're enjoying it a little bit more. Um, but they, they've got to they've got to click. They've got to unlock it. They've got to make the most of of what they've got at their disposal. It hasn't happened at all so far this season. It's been a, a damp squib. I mean, halfway through January, New Year. We need to see a new Watford. Come on, you golden boys. For heaven's sake, please.
1: Thank you much, uh, Jason, for your time. Well, thank you. And thank you, Michael.
2: No problem. I'm sorry about the quiz as well. I embarrassed myself on these uh, week in, week out. Next time there's a quiz, I'm going to get Arlo to come and do it instead of me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. I hope everyone at home is happy and safe. And, uh, and we hope that football and, and hopefully this podcast can can give a lift if you're not uh, in your favourite place at the moment. Remember if there's anything you need uh, then please give us a shout on our DMs, they are open uh, on Twitter but also the club Mike uh, with their, their Hornets at home and, and supporting the NHS uh, is back, back in full force.
2: Absolutely brilliant, yeah, so yeah, you know it's, it's just a fabulous uh, innovation from the club that if you feel like you need a pick-me-up or someone that you know needs a, a pick-me-up you can get in touch with, with Watford they will talk to you and, and and work out what the situation is. Work out what the best approach will be. They they make phone calls and it's just it's it, that hornets at home thing is is brilliant because I think it recognises the the situation we're we're in at the moment. Which is difficult for so many people, and just to reiterate, just do stay safe, do look after each other, do shout do talk do talk to each other um, talk to us um, it's it's tough out there at the moment and and, and talking can help and yeah Watford um, helping out the NHS again which was uh, which which came to light over the over the weekend is is brilliant I think I, I tweeted that football is is more than a, more, it is about more than just what happens on the pitch it, it is about community we've talked about all the things that we miss, which is the camaraderie um, the social aspect, um, the, the community side of things, and the fact that Watford are are working hard to make sure that even though fans can't be at the, the ground, they are making their presence felt in the community. And that that means a lot to me as a of Watford supporter. So I'm in, in, incredibly proud of of the club for continuing to do that. There are a whole heap of really, really good people at Watford Football Club that have Watford ingrained in their hearts and they are working tirelessly to to not just to help get Watford out of the division, but to make sure Watford do the right thing as as, as often as is possible. And I think, you know, it was a little bit disheartening last week to see people so upset about various things. I, I get it. I understand it completely. Um, but I think this week, I think it's the, the news that's come out, the Hornets at home, the NHS thing. I think it's important to remember that we are involved with, we support... Uh, we have a club at our heart who who do good things and have a, you know they are a good club who who really work hard to, to do to do make a difference and I think that's something we can all be proud uh, and and get behind. So yeah, be proud of Watford, stick with them and and stick with each other. Be good, um, be safe, be generous, be kind. Uh, let's look after each other. We can get each other and Watford uh, through this together.